0: Okay, good evening, and thank you everyone for coming. I'm actually very excited about this series, Best Hashem. Um, just very briefly, Chovus Lovus, Ethics of the Heart, um, is really the first major work of ethics that's there, Musa work, what we call. Rabbi Sadia Gon, who was one of the late last great sages of the Go'onim, He wrote a book called Amunus and the Deus, but that's largely a philosophical work for people who are confused because of the carates. There are ethical parts of it. The Cholas Lavovus is really the first comprehensive work uh, which is totally devoted to a person's spiritual self. Um, Actually, and something that everyone here deserves credit for coming, Uh, I actually spoke last week in Brooklyn. And there's about forty ladies there, and I, you know it was actually a very flat bush. You Can imagine the crowd, and everyone kept Shabbos in their in their mother's room. That's the kind of crowd that was there. And I, I'm, I'm speaking to these forty ladies about Shabbos and of Shabbos in particular, um, and a girl comes up to me afterwards, and I was talking about like you know preparing ahead of time, close yourself, so up blah blah blah. But I spoke about the first ten minutes meant machshava, what you should be thinking about during Shabbos. And she says to me, I want to thank you, just changed my life. Now, if I meet her in five years, it, it will mean something. After one class, I don't know. But she comes over to me, she says, you know, I want to thank you, change just changed my life. I said, really? How's that? So she said, I, you know, I want you to know, I'm ready on Shabbos on Wednesday, Thursday. But you had talked about, you can do Shabbos, the motions, and never think about it. Never think what, why you're keeping Shabbos. And I would just think about it. I never really think about it. Like, we very often in life, we do lots of things in life. We can go through the motions of Yahadus, of Yiddishkeit, and I appreciate what we're doing. And a, w- a work like this does is it A, opens our mind to think more deeply, but also gives us the tools to do it. This work in particular, Chauvas Labavas, actually, it's a difficult work. It's actually, it's written in 11th century Spain. And the terminology and the metaphors and the parables are for 11th century Spain. So it's not like Misil Sashar and Path the Just, which is a much easier work. Um... But this work in particular, he goes through things in depth to teach us how to do it. So if he talks about Bitochon, the author, Rabinu bachya is going to teach us how to have Bitochon. Um, it's such a profound work that the Chassam Sofer, who is the great leader of the 19th century Central Europe, in his Yeshiva in Pressburg, which is today, anyone know what Pressburg is today? Bratislava, right? It's just one of the big cities uh, with the greatest yeshiva in Central Europe was in Bratislava and Pressburg. So, every day before he started his Gemara lecture, we learned with his yeshiva students this work, Chovus Lovavus. <coughs> El Yalapian once commented that the, the Beis Yosef writes, the Rabbi Yosef Cairo writes that he has a work called Magir Meisharim where I can never say this, but the Beis Yosef says he had, he had conversations with a malach. And the same author of the Shulchan Aruch he said he had conversations with a Malach and he wrote a Sefer of the conversations with this angel. In that work, he said that the Malach told him to learn the Sefer every day. To learn Cholimus every day. So Beli Lapion said, and I heard this from my Rebbe, that imagine a Malach telling you to learn a Sefer. So this is a great Sefer. So the whole Sefer is wonderful. But I chose to do Bitochum because I really think that faith in Hashem, and we'll discuss with this in a minute, could tr- totally transform a person's life. I first started learning shara Bitochum about a little bit over 13 years ago. I'll tell you a personal vignette. I was in Lakewood Yeshiva. I was newly married. And, uh, and I, yeah, I was thinking I had been accepted to law school. What, did I want to go to law school? Did I want to go into business? Did I want to go into rabbinate? And I said, you know what? you know, this is a question of hishtavis, of how much effort I should make, how much, uh, uh, how much, uh, uh, you know, where do they make money, this and that, how long I should learn yeshiva for, and kolal. And I said, you know, I'll learn mitachan. And I, and I purely started learning this work on mitachan, and then I learned many other works on mitachan. But my m- my reason for learning this was because I wanted to make a life decision. Should I go to law school at the time or not? And actually, even though I went a few years later, didn't exactly, you know, it's a, it's a, it will be a good illustration of how, how bitachan works because your life can go in many different directions. Um, but I, I started learning this because I was thinking when I was in Lakewood, I was my first year of marriage, you know, now when I was my third or fourth, you know, when I was into Lakewood, but I was thinking, is this what, what do I want to do with my life? But when I started learning this work, I realized bitachan is so much beyond what job you take. It defines your basic happiness in life. Defines how you treat people. Are you scared of people? How you dive into Hashem. <laughs> if a person has Bitochon, their prayer is different. Their simcha, their, their, their happiness is different. Their serenity is different. A person who has on is not scared to do things which demand courage. Right? You, you, you're able to do great things. When I was in Lakewood, I, I was once they were by Rebaron Cutler's yard site, Rebaron Cutler was arguably the greatest builder of Torah in America. Yeshiva built, like, built Chinuch HaTzmai, which is the whole school system in, in Israel, was the spearhead of Torah Masora, which even South Peninsula, he would day schools under. I mean, he was, and he took on a world which was largely in the 1940s and 1950s apathetic and didn't believe there was a future for orthodoxy. He was European, didn't speak a word of English, spoke Yiddish and he's taking on the world and I and I, and I and I heard one of his primary disciples say and I heard Chaim Epstein another student say the same thing people think Reb Aaron Cutler was great in Torah Reb Aaron Cutler was great in Bitachon he had Bitachon, he was able to do things because he had faith in Hashem, things which if he didn't have this faith to take on organizations, to take on challenges which seemed impossible. So, when we're learning about it really, if a person works on this and digests, it can change our lives radically. It can change our marriages. It can change the way we daven to Hashem. And, you know, Bitachon, trust, in this sense, doesn't mean what most people think. The Ramban, Nachmanis, who lives about 130 years after the Chovus Lois, says that Bitachon, trust in God, is the fruit of Emunah, is the fruit of belief in Hashem. When we, we Bitochan is the fruit of belief in Hashem. We, everyone, everyone here believes in Hashem. But Bitochan is trusting in Hashem. And we'll see that trusting in Hashem has many levels. So many levels that Revolba, Revolba um was one of the great thinkers of the 20th century, Jewish thinkers. So he pointed out, Bitochan is a lifetime work. It's not something... Emuna, of course, the person either believes in Hashem or you don't believe in Hashem. There's levels of that as well. But ultimately, you come to belief in God and you live that way. Bitachon means how that belief in Hashem translates not only to our observance of mitzvahs, which Bitachon will be, but in how we live our lives. And that's why this is such an important important work. And there is no better author for this than the Chovetz Lovah. I probably... After I started learning this in Lakewood, I started going through everything from Bitachan. I literally, I, I, I speak to the Rashiach in Lakewood and go back and forth with him uh, because I became, for a couple of years of my life, I really decided to focus on this midah, on this character trait of Bitachan. And they're all good supplements, but this, the meat and potatoes is in the Choy So we'll start this now. And um, I know that for anyone who's interested, Feldheim has an English translation of the whole work. It's a, it's, a, it's an excellent translation. So it's available uh, if anyone wants to get that as well. Um, I'm happy to take any questions which is pertinent to what we're learning. If it's a personal application, if you think that everyone will benefit from it, great. If it's not, I'm happy to take that question also. Maybe we'll wait till after the class or on a personal level to discuss it. Because really, you know... <laughs> It's supposed to talk to us, right? And like I mentioned, this girl comes to me after my class this week. She kept Shabbos, telling you this girl was so from, and she she Baruch Hashem, he Baruch Hashem, he gave this class. Baruch Hashem, you know, you know, and she was, and she meant it. But you know, you can keep Shabbos and not live Shabbos, right? And you can physically live in this world and lack a, a trust in Hashem, which is the most precious, uh, rela- precious thing in the world. You know, I, I'm. There's a few people getting married in the next few weeks. And I always say that the most important ingredient in marriage for a healthy marriage is trust. You don't trust your spouse. Your your marriage is not. It, it ain't there. And trust really is the, the the most necessary ingredient really for society. There's actually, once read this professor, Francis Fukuyama. Anyone ever read him? Francis Fukuyama. Has anyone ever heard of him? Stanford. right? Japanese. Um, he went off to Derech. At one point he was... A neoconservative, and now he's a liberal politically, but he has a whole book on trust, and his, his, his thesis is, is, of all everything in society, between people for it to be healthy you need to trust, right? if you're not trusting people around you, at work or your family members you're not going to be able to do a good job you won't be able to coexist, you won't be able to be happy if you're not always distrusting people you can't function, same thing with Hashem if you're living a life and you don't have a, tr- a level of trust in Hashem, that a person's Yahadas, a person's Yiddishkeit, is lacking. And a person's happiness is lacking. A person's ability to do mitzvahs with passion is lacking. A person is able to do the right thing. It takes trust in Hashem to do the right thing sometimes. Sometimes it's very, very hard to do what's right, or to make a stand, right? Or to do something that you could do or be best for you, but it's difficult and trust allows us th- that Says the author Amar HaMechaber Mipnei because in the previous chapter we talked about Chiyuv mm-hmm. kabbalas the obligation of taking on service of Hashem every Jew is in this role says Rabbi Bach, which he talks about in multiple chapters ten chapters which uh, before this to serve Hashem and he talks about how when she was able to serve Hashem he says after I've discussed these 10 chapters Reisi I saw Lechavi <coughs> Achrab to bring afterwards this is this char, the gate of trust in Hashem Mashut Sarich what is necessary <coughs> more than any other thing more than any other ingredient more than any other character trait in order to serve Hashem. What's more important than anything else to serve Hashem? That's to be able to trust in Hashem. It's not to believe in Hashem, but it's to act upon that belief, to feel it, to be palpable connection to Hashem in this world. V'hu abitochah Elohim bechol but B'avur it says he says it's more important than any other character trait in service of Hashem. B'avur to minat because we talk and affords a person tremendous benefits. Um, in Torah in spiritual acquisitions to be able to advance spiritually in this world we'll be, you know, even to be able to be successful in Intel or in your home or in parts kosher markets to, you know they're going to have an expansion soon right? you need to talk on you can't just you don't have to yourself because there's a million factors that can change right everything a person has to have to be talked on to be successful in this world in material, material matters you want to get married <laughs> you want know, to marry the right person right? And you want to send your kids a million things right? person needs to be talked on uh, for that as well and in the spiritual realm amongst its greatest benefits is menuchas nafshay we call that serenity right? peace of soul minuchas Sanafesh right minuchas anafesh you know uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, at the highest level which we're not going to discuss at level today imagine every day you looked at, at everything that occurred to you not that you chose but occurred to you was gave from Hashem wouldn't you live life differently if you for a person would walk around with that reality of if we do our part everything comes from Hashem you're calm right you're you live differently you're you know, there's, so, there's so many things that can go wrong. There's so many. I, I was just dealing with a person, a rabbinical figure, and they're all nervous about a million other things. Right? They're 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 nervous of how they're going to be successful in their endeavors. And you know what that means? They're not calm in life. They're not enjoying what they're doing. <laughs> they're not, they, they, they They can be doing great things, but they're you know uncomfortable with what with, with what they're doing. Um, and to live with trust, Hashem, Kemosha Evid, just like a servant is obligated to, to trust his master. And here he says a remarkable thing: a person always will trust in something. You are going to trust in something. Nobody. Someone close that. That's right. okay so if you're not trusting in Hashem you're trusting something else actually I just had a conversation on, some, on a side topic, I spoke to Mrs. Galan. She's telling me that she ran a, 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 a daycare nursery and when the parent and the, one of the one of the organizations in Boston would charge $25,000 for a baby to come into the nursery she said we have to trust the nursery right if you're giving your baby to a nursery what are you really saying you're trusting nursery, the nursery. You're putting your trust... You're not trusting in Hashem, maybe. You're trusting the nursery. If you go to Pars, you know, we trust Rami and everything, but you're buying bread from Universal. What if the bread's poisoned? Right? You're trusting the bakery. They don't have poisoned bread. Tr- there is a trust. Right? Right? When you get into your car, you're trusting that your engine's going to work. You wouldn't drive your car if not. There's a trust in something. Everybody trusts in something. if you're not trusting in hashem, you're putting your trust in something physical, into material into a person, into something. We live in the world we're trusting. when we wake up, we go to work, we trust that no one's going to come in right look at Paris today, right You assume you go to work and no one's going to come with a machine gun. right well, that's, you're trusting in something, but it doesn't mean you're trusting in hashem. <laughs> you, can, you can trust in hashem. You can trust in people or things. <speaking in Hebrew> Hashem somebody who trusts in things that are not Hashem. <speaking in Hebrew> so God takes away His special divine providence that He has over a Jew. Hashem watches, we don't realize. Hashem, if you know how much Hashem loves every one of us at this table, that exception, me as well. I right? all you. All right? He loves every single one of us. Right? Every single one, he loves us. I mean, HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks at our whole life, every single one of us, and he plots out what every single day of our lives, every moment of our lives, what he can give us that's best for us. Not what we think is best, but what's best for us. For us to be successful in our mission in this world. HaKadosh Baruch Hu does that for us. And sometimes there's a GPS, we make a wrong turn, and he puts us back on the right direction. But if we put our trust in other people, you ever imagine you have a kid in the room, a kid in the room, and you're the parent. You can give great advice, you can be helpful, you could be this, you can do this. And he's asking his, you have a 10-year-old child, right, and the 10-year-old child doesn't want to ask you. So they're asking their friend, and they're making terrible decisions. And you say, for a couple of times, they listen to me, no, I don't want to ask you. So and so eventually you say, you know what? Let's see what happens. You go with your 10-year-old friend and ask them for advice. Trust in them. Believe what they say in this world, right? So God, it's the same thing to us. You don't want to trust in me. You want to trust in the boss. You want to trust in LinkedIn, in the contractor, in the babysitter, in the office in Paris, that everything's going to be great and dandy, in your car. So, see how it goes. See how it goes. See what happens. You lose that special connection. You're saying, God, I'm not even thinking about you. And that doesn't mean everything always happening tragic at every moment of the day, but it doesn't mean you lose that special connections. So this is listen to this. That's what Jeremiah the prophet says. Actually, the Gemara elaborates this: that there were two negatives. Gemara says, First of all, you didn't believe in me, God, the God of living, the living God of order, and you put into empty wells." Imagine the following thing, right? Anyone ever hear of high tech? You know, this is something. This is of this. What is
1: high tech? Mean, empty wells.
0: So, I'm going to see in a second. Empty wells means they don't give real life sustenance. Okay. So, a person, let's say high tech, let's imagine you're an ambitious person who wants to start off. And imagine the following thing. Just by chance, you have two neighbors. Actually, you have one neighbor. we God, so we'll pick one. Your neighbor is um, Bill Gates. Even Bill Gates! Actually, isn't it Mark Gates? Uh, it's not Mark Gates. Sergio Gates, whatever is Right, right. neighbors will imagine Bill Gates Bill Gates is your neighbor but you know what you don't want to ask Bill Gates you're going to ask the guy going to San Jose City not San Jose State going to San Jose City College right who's taking computer science and you start asking him advice advice now this guy's failing San Jose City College right he's doing terribly in San Jose City College I think that's San Jose City College by the way I'm not uh, here to bash it but uh, a guy's failing, failing San Jose City College and you put your trust in this guy which stocks you should invest in on the stock market which jobs you should go for you would think this guy's an idiot well, he's an idiot for two reasons he could have asked his neighbor Bill Gates for advice and instead he asked this other guy this college student who's failing computer science so now he did not put a, trust Bill Gates who's the, mo- the richest person in the world arguably the most successful in this for years but he put his faith in something stupid so God says you, did, you left me for what? how can you compare anything to God? And even in Torah, imagine your neighbor Let's get more real for us of course imagine you have a neighbor his name is Rav Moshe Feinstein Rav Moshe Feinstein's your neighbor and instead we start asking a 13 year old boy who's in yeshiva our halacha questions Oh, by the way, should I do this or this? When you look at that person, as absolutely not. You can go to Ralipha Feinstein. So, saying Hashem is omnipotent, Hashem is all-knowing, and the more we put our faith in Hashem, the more we'll be rewarded. But you know Ayeirmiya I mean? says instead of going relying on God, it doesn't. What we'll, we'll, we'll see at 11, it doesn't mean that that we're exempt from doing our duties in this world and making our efforts. But when we're making our efforts and when we're living in this world, are we putting our faith in ourselves? We're putting our faith in other people, on their advice. We're putting our faith in God, right? Putting our, fa- our, our faith in Hashem. Right? We're putting our faith in wh- where it's you I, you know, I'll go back to my law school. I in a billion years never thought I'd be in San Jose. You know, my wife, I first house in San Jose was in New Mexico, right? You know, you don't know where you're going to end up. But you know what? I'll tell you one thing. I, I whenever, when I, when I started, when I decided not to do law. Law, and I and i said, you know, we'll see what happens. I put my faith in my, myself or, or any individual. But Hashem, Hashem, will put us in the, in, in the right air. Of course, I did what I had to do, but it's a different world. When we put our faith in this person, or this, we put our faith. Hashem, it doesn't mean not to ask advice. It doesn't mean not to look around the world. Who are we putting our faith in? You put your faith in a job which could be here today and leave tomorrow. Okay. When I graduate I'm excusing law school because on my mind because he says the person yet. When I graduated law school in 2007, 50 percent of my class plus had jobs in top firms in America, paying a quarter million dollars a year with bonus. A year later, and there were people who went to law school expecting University of Pennsylvania Law School. A year to a year and a half later, those were gone. Gone Go, completely gone. And they still haven't come back. Gone. Go, go. And people who spent hundred, uh, uh, I you mean person a year behind me and spent $120,000 going to an Ivy League law school. How many of you, Ivy League law school were still a little bit better than everyone else, but it was not nearly the same. You put your faith in Penn. Put your faith in Harvard. Gone. In a moment. You know, that doesn't mean you shouldn't go to a, a great school like Harvard, even better Penn. Right? But it does mean that when you're trusting, and you're trusting in Hashem, it's not pen that's going to guarantee you. It. It's not anything about Hashem. And that's, what we're thinking here, what your mouth is lamenting is, why would you put your faith in a human being or in something which has no real power? <laughs> so has no real power. Put your faith in Hashem. Live a life connected to Hashem. The armor the armor is also a pasuk in Tehillim. The Amiru es The Tavn is sure oichal asev. They 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 rebelled, um from Hashem and they followed a sure an ox which eats which eats a grass, which means they did the eagle of the golden calf. Right? They gave up belief in Hashem and for what? Some some molten image, which is inherently <coughs> limited. <coughs> Amar <coughs> Hakasim um, and yet Yeram Yahu says a little bit later Baruch HaGever Asher Yiftach Hashem Pray, Blessed is a person who trusts in Hashem because Hashem will be there for him you put putting your faith in Hashem go back to that parent the kid says to the dad dad could you help me out now, let's imagine dad's really rich never really has the power of course the dad's going to help you out person puts his trade... God, you lead me. I'm going to do my part. And you know what? If I get stuck in traffic, then that's the best thing I should have had to happen to me today. I'm going to do my part! You know, I, I just met someone recently. Depressed. Why are they depressed? I'm not married. It happens to you, this person wasn't doing their part fully, to be honest. Right? So in that case, you have to fix it. But let's say you're you're doing your part. You did everything you can. You it. Te- and Hashem I've done my part Not, you had, a person lives differently and you know what Hashem will give exactly what we have. sometimes sometimes we, we don't realize what's best we don't understand but it's a different lifestyle it's, you in differently you live differently you function differently right and we'll see as we go ahead that on a metaphysical level Baruch together we're blessed Hashem will actually give us both abilities and bracha, which we wouldn't have otherwise <laughs> which we wouldn't get otherwise Right? Which, which wouldn't be, which wouldn't be in our natural realm otherwise. Right? Obviously on the highest level, which is for tzaddikim gammurim and very rare in our tradition, God can even do miracles for us at that level. If our faith is totally in Hashem. When we, when we'll see, when he talks about whenever we see a miracle, it's because they believe completely in Hashem. That's how, that's what generates actually uh, an, ace. The Al-ma, it says in Davin Amal, says in Tillim, Asher Hagever Asher Sama Hashem praises a person who believes in Hashem and puts his faith in Hashem. Of course, David HaMelech, King David, more than anyone, was a person who put his faith in Hashem. The whole Tehillim is Mala the Galash. It's filled to the brim. David, who is the the, the child who, when he was a little kid, they thought he was illegitimate, who rises to be the king of Israel, who rises to be the predecessor of the Messiah, who will come, it's Ben David. It's because David's whole life was to Bithophon. His whole asset. So David says, raise it is a person who believes in Hashem who believes in Hashem who, who trusts in Hashem it doesn't put his faith in Rahab and he and Chaziv right, cursed back to Yermiah back to Jeremiah cursed Adam who trusts in man takes Hashem away from him I'll give a small example somebody once told me a lady that in her office, first to be successful, she she's dressed provocatively. Provocatively, why is that? Because all of the successful people and the are dressed provocatively. Provocatively, she knew it was wrong. The person was cognizant it was wrong, but what is? It? They thought that their career will be decided by their neighbor and this person, so they'll break Hashem's Torah. They'll sell themselves. The person was uncomfortable with it, right? Because that's how they thought they would be successful. That's how they imagined that they would advance in their career by doing things that were illegitimate. That person is error. Hashem says you'll lose yourself and you won't get what you what you want. And anything you do get will be what we call ill-gotten gains. Right? It will come at an expense. It will come at a cost. If a person says, Ooh, I'm really smart. I'm the smartest. I'm the most intelligent. Which means, right, where a person focuses on their own brilliance, their own intelligence, right, they take away Hashem. <laughs> they take away Hashem. And recently, I had to make a, a decision, and I'm like thinking to myself, as smart as you are, you can't predict the future. You know, and it's uh, in so much things. I'm like, we think we have assumptions in so many things. And all these assumptions in a minute can change, right? In a minute can change. You rely on your own wisdom. You know best. Of course, we're supposed to use our wisdom, but not to rely on it, right? And how? What's the difference? How we daven? How? What, how we think, right? And if we open a business, you can be the best business mind in the whole world. Brilliant. A degree from MIT in business, or, or even better, Warden, right? penn right? So brilliant brilliant, intelligent, well-read. Well, it's up to me. Take away Hashem. In a minute, everything could be different. So a person could get caught up in their own intelligence, whether it's how to raise their children, whether it's their business, whether it's where to live, whether it's what's the best thing to do this, and what's the best... A million things in life. I know that. Right? And I, I read it, I do it, and it could be that's the right decision and that's how I'm making decisions how, how we make our decisions We're, where our trust is person could be uh, or my efforts or my energy I'm very passionate, I'm very excited I'm high energy I put a lot of effort into this I did everything that's necessary it's very possible that a person could work for nothing and strain themselves and not get where they want to be in, in life. All right, and they won't get to their desired point. As Job, as Iov says, <coughs> that the wise at times are, are, are conquered by their own cunningness, which sometimes, which literally means, by the way, that because a person overly are. Uh, uh, believe in their own uh, wisdom, they can even make really poor decisions, even very wrong decisions, very terrible decisions. There are people who, who you know, know best to marry the wrong person, and they think they just know better. Right? There are people who make very poor decisions in life, very smart people make very poor life decisions, because they trust only in their own intelligence. They don't daven to Hashem, Right. They don't dive into Hashem. You know why? Why do I need to dive into Hashem? If I made a decision based on my intelligence, if I'm all smart, listen. I, if I want to, if I want to do something, I'll dive into God. But in business, brilliant I I read every paper. This plan is foolproof. In child rearing, I pray to God. I I wrote the book. Actually, you know, actually I didn't like this book. But this book um, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Yeah. Yeah, I got divorced like three times. Like you're, like, people are reading this book, like, you know. What was the name of the book? Men Are From Mars, Women are From Venus. Yeah. It actually has some wisdom in the book, though mm-hmm. but the, the the title of the book is terrible. Getting what you want out of marriage. Like the whole boy the whole book is for yourself. It's like such a, but the point is, you know, you can write the book and get divorced, right? You you could write the book and get divorced. It doesn't make a difference if you're putting your faith in your own intelligence. You can make really bad decisions, really really detrimental decisions, really hurtful things. Or you can be unhappy doing it. I actually just today somebody asked me a life advice. I said, you may get this, but you may be unhappy. Right. So you can you can see if you the the trust is not not using intelligence. We're supposed to be when we make a decision that's important especially, we're supposed to think about it to the nth degree. But know that we're human, we're limited, and we have to put our faith in Hashem. That after we've done our part, we should to Daven to Hashem. We have to pray to Hashem. We have to say, Hashem, we need I need your help. Right? We have to connect to the Kharaj Markle because the is, is all is all knowing is omnipotent and when we do that, our decisions are better. Our bracha is better, because we're not relying on ourselves. And, uh, you know, actually, our Mashiach, like the story, say, that Bitochan is a tranquilizer psychologically. Because it happens to work, happens to be true, but you live differently that way as well. The Amar, in Shlomo Amal, the wisest of all that, says, Shavti v'roya in koalas, Shavti v'roya I saw under the sun, I'm looking at the world around me, then at times, right? the, the, the quickest people don't win the race. And the strongest people don't always win the battle. And very often, intelligent people don't have the bread that they need to be successful. <coughs> we say it actually in Davening and Talim. Kfir Kfir is a young lion. They can cry out, a lion can cry out for food. A person who trusts in Hashem. Again, we have to do our part. A person thinks they're going to get married by sitting in a room locking themselves up and God's going to zap down my wife. Right? It doesn't happen. If you want to have a kid, there's certain things you have to do. Right? If you want to make a living, you can't lock, right? you can't lock yourself in a room either. You've got to go work. Right? You've got to have it make an education. You have to have a real way to make a living. But if you... But it, uh, lots of Hashem will give us exactly what we need and we'll, have, we'll be successful in this world. You know what success is? It's not the car. It's not the house. It's not the looks. These are all nice things, but the they can all be helpful. They all can be good at it. It can be, living a decent life, a happy life, a, a, a life where you're balanced, a life where you feel connected to Hashem, a life of purpose. A person who that's be that's the great That's That's what we're here for this world. We're, you know, I I I am sure we all realize this. If a child's cut off from a parent, that's a sad life. Terrible, terrible life. If a child's cut off from its creator, <laughs> that's a terrible that's a terrible life. And to the extent we sometimes we do it to ourselves because we put our faith on Ashram, Hashem decides the world. <laughs> every he's every day of our life is looking at what to give us, but to the extent that we trust in other people or things, we lose a little bit of that. Right, we lose we lose that divine providence, we lose that bracha. And actually it's a little bit of a curse because we take ourselves away from Hashem's bracha. Right? We take our, it doesn't mean not to make intelligent decisions. It doesn't mean if you have a good at something you have to do it. But it means even after all that we need Hashem, it's all to Hashem. Everything, there's nothing. There's zero that's guaranteed in this world. There's nothing is guaranteed. Not a person's health, not a person's wealth, not a person's marriage kids, I mean, there's so much we need we need God's brooch on, brooch on this world. And we live differently by the way. I'm talking. you, I'm telling this rabbinical father, he was nervous about dealing with people because they're going to talk about my back, blah, blah, blah I mean, like, how do you live that way? <laughs> how do you live that way? Hey, you gotta do what's right. You gotta be able to do what's right. Doing all what's right is not always popular by the way. But you live and you do and you accomplish that way. Hey, you live, you do what You accomplish. And you're happy doing that. You're able to do it because, you know, a 100 years ago, 80 years ago in America, people get their jobs every Shabbos. You know what kind of tachon you needed for that? And they weren't living wealthy lives. not like you get their job, they knew they had a job on Monday. But the only way you can do that successfully, you're not having a nervous breakdown, and to be connected passionately, is to be bitachon. A person's very wealthy. A person's very wealthy, and they think, what if it? used to be matter. you know how many times people lose their money Usually, who lost it goes to the to the child you didn't want to the person you didn't want to get to as Eov says he looks and it disappears it goes to people ends up by the enemies people who didn't want it to right, money comes and goes that's the thing. You know, there's very few wealth the last generations very often it goes to people you don't want them to go to don't make your your blood and your toil to, to be wealth give up a little your own time, it just means have faith in Hashem we have money I, you know I, I, this actually <laughs> um, you'd be surprised when you talk to wealthy people how very often insecure they are in family relationships it's Nebuch right you know one of the reasons I would have, if I would have been an attorney and still back to law I would have done trusts in estates so I had a background in, in trusts and estates, right? Someone told me today that where there's a will, what's, it, what's the line? There's an ungrateful uh, relative. What? There's an ungrateful relative.
1: That's one step in. <laughs> there's a dead Len person. Was not in will, so what?
0: What Yeah, it's <laughs> a dead person. <laughs> there's, a, there's a dead person, right? It's dying, right? Person. Hey, so you know, you deal with you. You see, people are are so nervous. Like my kids. And this, and they, they, the, the money drives them, and they're only talking to me because of this reason, and we want this for this reason. Very often, it's if you do not be talking, it can be a terrible insecurity. And money goes to places you can't even imagine. Right? It's a terrible... person doesn't rely on their money. Of course, money's a bracha. It could be a tremendous bracha. We'll discuss it. Money can do a tremendous amount of good, you can live a little bit more comfortably, and that's a big bracha. It's not a small thing. We actually pray for it every Shabbos. <laughs> we daven, we I say, uh, we say, uh, we say, when we daven for shchais, we ask for Aisha recovered. It's a bracha if it's used, utilized correctly. But if we trust in our money, we put our faith in our money. That's a terrible, it's a terrible negative, a terrible negative. It can be lost and go away. leaves in half the time. The acharisu and novel, and afterwards your novel you're a negative person, you're a negative person, because if you trust in your money, if money becomes your God, you'll do things which are illicit, you'll do things which are corrupt, you'll sell yourself a little bit, you'll hurt people because of it, you won't trust people because of it, Uh, you'll think people are after your money, I mean, you know, uh, you won't even enjoy your money, you won't enjoy, actually, a rap report from London, was here about six years ago, he was from Eshatora. He started Eshatora in the United Kingdom. So he told me, he said he was with a person who was worth half a billion pounds, which was more than half a billion dollars at the time. Right? It's a lot of money. He was went to collect for him. And this guy, he said to me, he never had a happy day in his life. Now there plenty of people have half a billion pounds that are happy. Professor Zalman had never had, ever had a happy day in his life. He never had a happy day in his life. He had no pleasure from it. Because you're worried about what am I going to do with my money? How am I going to invest it? Who, everyone you look to is after your money. They're all after my money. Right? And I don't want this to happen. I don't want this to happen. You're a person not so free then. So freedom, it's a You know what so freedom is, right? It's happy. Joyce. failing, Right? Because you, you're trusting in your money. And instead of trusting in Hashem, putting a and on Hashem that I'll make decisions, Hashem runs the world. I have to make rational decisions. I have to invest my money. I have to do it. I have to think but have faith in Hashem. if I'm supposed to lose money. I'll lose money. Hey, I have no to make money. I'll make money. Um, when you lose the hard stuff, you trust me money. Amar a as Shlomo was the wealthiest person in his generation. You won't even be able to eat from it. Yet, so Pikadon Sheshamar Samentapagayim, Achiyashel Misharoyel, and the money will go to somebody else. Mosha Amar laChaitin Nason in Esayif. Uh, last, let tova came. Yachin, it's like you The money becomes a stumbling block, causes us, st- you know, uh, people are plenty wealthy Jews who marry non-Jews because of their money. Plenty of wealthy people who break all of Torah because of their money, right? Who who do things which are illicit because of their money. And for some people, the money allows them to do tzedakah. Uh, they can live comfortable and learn Torah and da- you know and daven and not have to worry. It's how you relate to it. It's, but that's how you trust it. That's your 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 your, your perspective on it. Your persp- says the evshur shayamadsibaso could even be to destroy you. If you if you have faith in your money, if you're putting your emunah not in Hashem but in your money, the Avdana show you can you you can lose it. <laughs> Money could literally be there to destroy you, right? There are famous families that were destroyed by their money, right? They're literally destroyed. Yiddishkeit gone. You know, the the, the you know Rothschild parents were the, from a Yiddin. You know, I'm sure Rothschild today, and I'm Jewish. And if we go to the Rothschild, the, the past fifty years, most of them are completely assimilated,
1: mm-hmm. completely.
0: You know, it's the
1: past hundred years, yeah, right. or
0: more. Yeah, even going yeah. right, completely. You know, and you think who ma- who did they married? Dukes, knights, the wealthiest people in England and in France, right? And they were desirable, desirable, right? And they were well, dating.
1: They, they were royalty. They, they were, were ro- given, so therefore they felt they should. Right,
0: so it came to destroy them, right? And uh, even though there were were very very of people, even. Yeah, you know who built Eretz Yisrael and other places, but amongst them there were many lost because of money. Yeah, it corrupted them. Yeah. They were corrupted them. They would have been a lot better off. that yeah, there were there were Jews in, in Russia in the nineteenth century who were lost because of their money. They disassociated themselves from the, the Jewish population and assimilated to the Russian population because they believed in their money. The fact that the money came from Hashem. Because what happens is you trust in your money, you forget about Hashem. You trust in your brains. You forget about Hashem and they had no nachas from their children Well, oh, that's a different discussion <laughs> yeah Elimelech is a perfect example thank you for that Mrs. Reinderman. Ali Ali in the book of Rus the book of Ruth <coughs> he was a very wealthy person he was the leader of Beit Lachem of Yehuda. he was and there was a famine and people were knocking on his doors all day you know when people knock knocking on your doors all day it's not so easy you know, it's not easy. You want to eat dinner? People know. You need money. So, and he, and it bothered him. But part of it, what bothered him, is that he led him to move to Moab. His two sons intermarried. He died there. And all of it was because he lost perspective of Hashem, why he had the money, what he was doing with the money. And he didn't want to lose the money. He didn't want to give charity and time a family. He didn't want to be bothered. So he moved away completely. And he moved away from life in this world, physical life. And spiritual life. I mean, he was the leader. He was a Boaz, and he lost it all because he put his faith in his money. Um, their marriages, unfortunately, that are damaged, sometimes ruined, because you lose this kind of perspective. And same thing with wisdom, right? People lose their perspective. There are people who, uh, who put their faith in themselves and their marriages, and forget to daven touch I mean, you know, you know, human beings as a whole, even our own seichel. You know, people are so fragile. You know, our own. Our own our own, our own wisdom. You can personally be broken in a minute. In a minute people can be broken. Normal, sane people, you know, to put our faith in ourselves is a terrible thing in this world. You have to believe in Hashem in this world. Any kind of person gets broke. So, amongst the other benefits of bitachon, of having trust in Hashem, is that if you have bitachon so by Hashem, you won't worship other people doesn't mean you won't respect people You won't be, on the contrary you'll be very kind to people but you don't need to worship them you're a free agent you believe in Hashem the only thing you can do is Hashem is this world right? very often in life right, because you believe it's up to you you take Hashem out of the equation so if somebody's powerful or someone's threatening somebody's scary for whatever reason they're scary because they have a big mouth they can bad mouth you or they can scream at you and they're very loud. Or they're vindictive. So it could be that you're supposed to do something and you won't do it. Because it could be the wise thing of... If, because they're vindictive, it may change what's right and what's wrong. <laughs> and maybe you don't do something because of that, but not because you're, you're scared of them. It's because the equation changes because of the person you're dealing with. That's possible. But you won't worship people. You'll do what you're supposed to do in this world. to be happy. You know what it is? When people go to work and they feel they have to... To the language, kiss up, right? And they're uncomfortable every day they're at work. Does he like me? Does she like me? (laughs) Am I okay? And they believe that whether they'll have a job is up to this Indian, Chinese, Jewish person, male, female, whatever. They're going to decide their eternity. Some person who gets sick with the flu for a week is going to decide their whole life, right? Like some human being and he worships them and you do things which are incorrect and you're unhappy and you're insecure because you don't trust the Lord. you think that this manager is going to decide your eternity if you have if you get this you'll be okay right you not and the same thing you won't be you are not put your faith in man it doesn't mean it's, if someone's powerful should not a bad thing to invest in them to make a relationship with them but to put your faith in them to put your trust in them which means you're going to worship them and take Hashem out of the equation you'll flatter them you know what flattery is something that doesn't think flattery it's actually a Torah prohibition when you when you praise a person for their wickedness you praise a person for their wickedness right you know, you see somebody, a Jew, eating a cheeseburger. you Can't say that's okay. Well, it's your boss. I need to get the promotion. He can decide my fate. Blah 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 blah. blah. Right? It doesn't mean you have to go ahead and tell him not to eat the cheeseburger. If you could do that, that's great. But if he's not open, you have to figure yeah. out w- ways. And if it's really not open, it may not be the wisest thing to do. You are not going to tell him it's okay, right? You see somebody doing something great. You can tell it's okay. If the guy with the cheese does n- other nice things, by the way, it is otherwise a decent person. So the decent things, of course you could praise that person. But when a person does something wrong, you can't ever praise somebody doing something wrong. Right? You can't say, oh that was a great business decision. We just ripped somebody off. We just did something illegal. Right? You'll say, no, that was wrong. Right? You know how hard that is in politics or in any area of life to be able to do that or in business? You know, not to say this is okay. I mean going I'm as a, a role ideal things, it'd be much easier if I told people, Oh, this is great. Do it. Yeah, it's all fucked. You know, I'm even Rabbanim I'm telling I've been in meetings and my thing myself, like, how in the world could this person been doing this? You know, like it's wrong. You know, and wrong. You know. It's very hard to do if you don't if you if if you think you're dependent on other people to do what's right. It's very hard to do what's right if you depend on other people you him about it's something that takes away from you or other people. them you can't agree with them. You can't. You can't agree with them. One of the conservative clergy persons told someone I know in this area, "Yeah, intermarriage is a terrible problem." So I it's to sensitive. You know, I don't, I'm on tape. I can't see who it is. So it's sensitive. So why not do something about it? I'll lose my job. Yeah, he's the leader of a congregation. I'll lose my job. Can't say anything. I'll lose my job. Right so he's not doing a job he's not i mean he's not doing a job for many reasons, but he's not doing a job in this area as well right you, you can't you won't you'll be so dependent on other people. you trust in your ability to and of course as in a person, we should always be uh friendly respectful considerate empathetic. There are rights and wrongs in this world. There are objective rights. It. God gave us mitzvahs, right? There are certain things that are right, certain things are wrong, right? And none of the homosexuality is wrong. Period. doesn't mean you can't be nice to a homosexual. It doesn't mean that you can't be empathetic. But he asks you, right or wrong? Wrong. Osser. Oh, Forbidden. And the Torah is an abomination. It may be so far away from the American vocabulary. It doesn't make a difference. Right? It's wrong. I don't care how many times you read the New York Times. Don't read the New York Times. Right? Why does he hear it, Right? It's wrong. You can't tell him it's right. No matter what, And he may get upset at you, call you your name. Sorry. It's wrong. You ask, doesn't even have to go over and tell him. You know? But if he asks you flat out, what do you think? I think it's wrong. But if you're worried, if you believe that this guy's going to make you break, you'll never do what's right. But I never say what's right because you're nervous you you live in a world where you're you're nervous you can't function that way of course a person you know people are complex the world is complex but our faith is in Hashem and we do what's right the talking allows us to live that way Um, and I will get there but you know people I know people in business who ended up in terrible situations and they never imagined it in a million years (laughs) it wasn't their game plan it wasn't they didn't start out that way but you know what they got caught up in a web and they felt this is what they had to do to make a living and this is—they're stuck in it, right? You're stuck in it. <laughs> you won't get be scared to do what's right. You won't be, you won't be, you won't be fair, f- fearful of the fight. You know, to be honest, and some people at the table I'm sure could appreciate this. Um, you know, becoming a bald shulva—it's very difficult. It's not an easy thing not easy to become a Baal or Baalas Tshuva if anyone is right? you have friends who look at you a certain way, you have parents who look at you a certain way, you have coworkers looking look at you a certain way, you grew up a certain way, and you know what? there are people that I know who are good people who don't go all the way through because not because they don't know it's right because they're worried about what other people say they're there! one thing you tell me I'm not at that level I'm not comfortable with that level you know what? So you have to work your way up there. No, you can't go from zero to hundred. But there are people who don't do what they're supposed to do because they're scared of people. He's a shem. Are they gonna get upset at me? You'll deal with it. Hashem you you're not scared to do what's right. You know what hard it is there are people who want to keep Shabbos. But they're scared to keep Shabbos because they're what so and so is gonna say. Or keep kosher. Right? They keep kosher at home and then they meet their cousin Louie. And if I tell cause I keep kosher, what can I do? Okay, I'll, I'll make fun of me. Well, the world ends up and they make, fun me, make fun of me. Sometimes the pressure's great. right? Sometimes you're younger and you have real pressures. So or you're older. Your mother's going to scream at you. Even mother's screaming, you know. <laughs> the Chavetz Chaim said a remarkable, son said a remarkable thing. When the Chavetz Chaim passed away, he was in his 90s. Some of say he was even older. His son was in the 70s. So the Chavetz Chaim's son said that it's interesting. Uh, interesting enough, it says, "Nar," that Yitzchak was a nar when he went to the Kedah. How old was Yitzchak by the Kedah? Yitzchak, 37. thirty-seven. So he said, "How could it be that he's a nar when he's by Akeda's Yitzchak, he's a young lad when he's going to Kedah." So he said that whenever you're with your parents, you're still a young lad. You can be sixty years old. You can be seventy years old. You're still a young lad. So the son said that my dad used to call my my kin, my, kin, my young son. He was 60, 70 years old, and he still died close to my kin. But he said, Today I grew, I grew old. That's his analysis, well, part of his husband, His eulogy father says, Today when my father died, the time that I became old. Because as long as I had my father, I was young. But you know what? It goes both ways. There are parents who crush their kids, religiously or spiritually. They crush them. And the kids don't do what they're supposed to be. There are siblings who crush their siblings. Somebody sent me an article from Aisha Taras Lee who wrote about her sister and her relationship. When she became religious, it like, killed her relationship. And you know, there are people won't do what's right because they're worried what people will say about people being upset. But if you know you're doing what's right, you believe in Hashem, it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't mean you, it's not hard, it doesn't mean it's not challenging. Right. why should you sell your life show who you are because you're worried about people you have to trust in Hashem if you do what's right you'll get bracha in this world in the next world but if you don't have mitachin you can't handle it it's too difficult it's, you, you give up there are people who give up they give up on spiritual levels they give up on personal levels they give up on their marriages they give up on a lot of other things which we'll see as we, we as we continue um You won't be scared of, of, of any machlekes because you're doing what's right. You'll be freed from that, some from dealing with people who you shouldn't be dealing with. Right? And if you see someone doing something wrong, you're an employee, and somebody's doing something illicit, you won't be scared. Doesn't mean to do kamikaze. <laughs> mean, oh, I believe in Hashem. That's that's absolutely not right. You're, you're, you'll be a wacko if you do that. Right? It means in a compound way, things which are tactical, things which you can do, things which or you're forced to do, you'll do. And you won't worry about the ramifications because you'll know if you do what's right. Just like on our level today, Baruch Hashem, we're at this level. We know that we'll never gain by breaking Shabbos no gain. And you know what? If we lose our job for Shabbos, I'm sure everybody at the table would say, simple. Why is it by Shabbos we can't say that? Right? By other things we can't say Same thing. Right? It doesn't mean you look to, to make Shabbos into an issue. Or think it's just, but when it comes, push comes to shove, and you're forced into a situation, you'll do what's right. Because you believe in Hashem. You're not going to break who you are. You won't tell somebody which is, uh, uh, which is, uh, uh, right? You know, the things are okay which are not. Which are some. Which and if, they, if you if you if you have to tell a person what's doing is wrong, you won't be embarrassed to them. You you'll feel like you do like the right thing. You know, I I recently had to tell someone something. I said I'll tell you the truth. It's much better for me if I don't tell you this. Why should I should have to. I know you get upset at me, but you know what? You need to hear it. You know, it's it, I have to do this a little bit here and there myself. And I'm not saying it's not easy. It's not enjoyable. Nobody likes to hear. You know, they're wrong. My wife, you know, even my wife tells me she's so good, uh, you know, and she'll tell me, you know, you messed up here. So I don't like hearing. I know it's right. It's not enjoyable, right? But it's the, you, know, you need to hear it. needs it, right? But sometimes you're, you know, the people aren't so open. If you're, you know, if you're a parent, you have to tell the kids what they need. It doesn't mean you could need a good parenting class. You need to do it. You You can't be scared to tell all the kid what they need. To make decisions, right? You gotta tactful. You have to be, but not scared. Not scared to do the right thing, right? There's somebody told me recently they want to do an act of spirituality, and they won't do it because of the ramifications of one of the relatives. What was that? To oh, they want to do something a religious level, and they're not going to do it because they're worried about somebody else, and it's it's forbidden. Something they should be doing, and they won't do it, right? Because of for, for what? what? Um, you know, it's actually funny. My wife got a shetel, uh We're in New York, when I was, so, I, so I, 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 I have no real appreciation for what a sheitel is this and that. You know, so my, my you know, she, it, it was a little bit of a different look. So she, it was a try-on. This is a try-on, right? So my si- twin sister tells us, tells her, "What are you worried about?" Anyone in New York says, "You're in California." Right? if they don't like it, who cares? They're in California. But you know what? I'm telling you one thing: there are people who live. My sister in Boston, or in Chicago, or in in uh, in Milwaukee. What are they going to think about me? Like, they don't even see them. They don't even worry, and if they make decisions like this, right, and they 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 care what the strangers in the street are going to say. You know, they care what strangers in the street are going to say, and they live in a world where they don't always do what's right because they worry about. <laughs> What are they going to say? What are they going to well, do? The
1: pressure in some communities is very strong.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. To,
1: com- to um, conform. Conform.
0: Yeah, right. absolutely. Absolutely. And and you know what? To the extent we're conforming, excuse me, it's healthy, you should conform. No reason to be, an al- a- a- if it takes away from who you are, or breaches Torah law, then you should not conform. Right? So, it's no reason to be a, a non-conformist per se. I mean, if it's if it's something in your core, then you should not conform, right? But to an extent, conforming makes you part of a community. You shouldn't be, you know. I remember when Chava was very little. Um, oh, she, my wife asked, "What's her name?" We so went, to, we were doing something, and she, it was just, the, the community center was not that way. So I've asked one of these ladies who speak all the time. I forgot what her name was. And she said, well, what do you think? She says, I think if you want to do that, you should live in a different neighborhood. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, that's
0: you know, it. That's right? It means, because your kid's a kid. It's very hard to put that on a kid. Right? But the point is, that sometimes you don't have that option, and so they have to be strong and do what's right. But there's so many people who sell themselves. There are people who want to be, do kindness or act kindness. They don't do it because they're worried about all kinds of worries. What people are going to think, what people are going to do. People can take advantage of me, blah, blah, blah blah blah, and they never do it. And they never accomplish in this world, and they or they sell themselves short and they sell who they are. Um, Here's to deal with people, which are real life, and you know the boogeyman stops people from doing what they should do. Everyone knows what the boogeyman is, right? Um, <laughs> you won't,
1: you
0: won't Does it say that the boogeyman? <laughs> it's,
1: it's between between the lines. Let me see how we between, it's between. <laughs> it's between. It's
0: in my notes. <coughs> the boogeyman, uh, monster that comes in the closet in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> you won't tell people, right? You won't tell people that Shekhar... right? You know, uh, you know. So I have a I deal with Reformed Jews. The, the, some of the finest people, but I'll never tell reformists okay? <laughs> not gonna tell them, Not gonna tell them that. Absolutely not. I'll tell them, I, you know, you do charity, that's great. You're a good person. You're decent, wonderful. But if, if you bring up Reform with me, I'm gonna be frank with you. I'm not telling you uh, something that's false and charlatan and most, by the way, 99% Reform Jews have no idea what Reform even is. They're by there by default. They don't even that. They're not. Most of them are not philosophers of Reform. They only attend. They go twice a year. They know what Pachas to say, oh, that's great. Right? I'm not talking about whether the reform is better than nothing. That's a different discussion. But if someone talks about the ideology, how can tell them it's okay? Right? I can you tell the Jew that it's okay to change Hashem's Torah, to drive on Shabbos, to do all kinds of things which are prohibit? It doesn't mean you have to deal with people intelligently. If they can't hear it, <laughs> doesn't mean to tell them that. But you can never tell them it's okay. You can never, and why are we will do it? Because they're uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable, you know, telling someone you're wrong. Or telling something this is not okay. They're more uncomfortable. Kumar Jamar Navy's shy says, Hashem helps me. I'll can loin the klamti, i samti pani khalach. I won't be embarrassed and I'll be like i I won't be embarrassed. There's a great story about what's his name. Actually he's been talking Mendelovich now. Yosev Mandalovich, Russian Jew. Right, who was able to be a, a Jew in Russia Zobra also unbelievable stories of Jews who in the middle of communist Russia, you know what, how the on they had to have, not only to not be scared of the, of the KGB but to look at their neighbors who looked at them as absolutely mad absolutely crazy now it's all because of the And uh, and you think that they sat there at night losing sleep, they didn't they knew what they're doing is right. They believed in Hashem and that's how they were able to do it. They slept well by their own admission. Right? Because they knew that Hashem runs the world. We're doing what's right. Also, and Cheskel says, "Don't be scared of people." Also, the Cheskel says, "Don't be scared of people." Because again, people sell themselves short in this world. Because serious. Don't be scared of people or, or from Do what's right in this world. Live life. Live once in this world. What are you selling yourself short for? The stupidest things in this world. People, you know person sells themselves, they sell their souls in this world, they sell their potential in this world for nothing. another benefit of Bitaqan, which it affords a person, uh, is You can focus on Hashem. Right? If you're if you're nervous, if you're a wreck in this world, if you're right, you won't be able to focus on Hashem. If you think that you have to work all day to be successful, you won't focus on Hashem, Right, if you're gonna Constantly be involved with all mundane things. You're not going to be overwhelmed with things, right? You won't connect to Hashem. You won't be able to dive into Hashem. You won't be able to, to dedicate time to Hashem. Right? person can't, you know, to study Torah if you're learning Gemara if you're a man. You need a clear head. If your head's worried about your estimated taxes for for 2014 or getting your taxes for, two, you know, or this, or you're worried about how you do the mortgage, or you're worried about what you're going to do, you're not going to get If you want to daven, you, your, your head scattered all around. If you want to be able to be happy in this world, to be happy in this world. You know, the the, 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 the greatest um, ability to do something is, is if you're happy, you're functioning great. Actually, believe it or not, work on the ways of the righteous, which is a mix, it's a it's a smaller version of Chovas Loavas and a few other works. He talks his whole chapter on Bittakon is called Shara Simcha, the Gate of Happiness. In the Gate of Happiness is all is all. Yeah, he takes most of Chovas says and puts it into the Gate of Happiness. You can't be you can't serve Hashem if you're not happy. <laughs> if you're depressed, you can't pray to God. It's very hard. You can't walk around and do mitzvahs because you're saying they're moping. Right? And a person to serve Hashem, you need to have bittachon to be happy in this world. Otherwise, why don't I have this? How come this is happening to me? How come, you know? So what happens is, is that a person, whether it's their health, their pursuit of money, their, their their imagination of who they should marry or when they should get married or when they should have kids, or whatever, I mean, they don't focus and they're not happy in this world and they can't serve Hashem in this world because of that. So bittachon allows us as, as well. We haven't discussed how you get bittachon, but the author is discussing now the benefits, the tremendous benefits that transform us when we do have a on And as we go for the weeks ahead, we I mean, have Hashem will learn how to acquire these benefits in this world. Okay, thank you very much. Yes? Two
1: examples for one the example for where people are trying to pull Hashem away with the
0: Titanic. Titanic. Dead, that,
1: you know, it's unsinkable, even God can't sink it. Right. And in their maiden voyage in void
0: Right, exactly. That's a great thing, the Titanic. Right. Who would have ever thunk it? That, that could, right? If you would be in the, what are those World trade centers? Right? No. You're there. You, Who in a billion years could imagine those towers that would have come down? Right, okay. And the
1: other thing is, the snake was cursed and the curse, ironically, was Hashem said, don't ask me for anything. Your food is everywhere. You can eat dirt. Just don't ever turn right. away. That was the curse.
0: Right, that was, uh, the Rebbe M'Pshish explains the curse that way. Oh, that's great. Food is everywhere. It's free, but it's
1: not.
0: Right. Exactly. So that's lack of connection to Hashem. Okay.
1: Uh, uh, yes. Uh, apropos to conform, conform, conformity, I had, there was a woman who came to Irvine many years ago. She very from Sakai. Okay. Raised, uh, she, her parents sent her to Williamsburg <coughs> when she was 12 years old because they lived in. Doing Sakmar work in Uruguay. Okay, family was raised, look at children. You know, they were all sent to New York. Married young, 17 years old, and everything. Husband was wearing a stromo. Many children, and uh, one day uh, her one of her one of her children, a little boy, four or five years old, was struck by a truck and massive brain damage. Oh no. But she would not abandon him. She was advised to, you know, that he's not going to come around, uh, that he'll be brain damaged, and she was going to do everything for him. Okay. Already she broke with the group, and she lived in Monroe. Okay. I don't know if the rest of you know what Monroe, New York is. KJ,
0: like. here's y'all. Okay.
1: And um, so... uh she came. She. They heard about a therapy, um, you know, where they put them in a uh, like a a, a a chamber where they're given oxygen, pure oxygen, for very short periods of time to see if there would be any improvement. And she brought this child. By this time, he was around six years old, schlepping him, carrying him, and everything. He was like a six-month-old. She couldn't drive because in Monroe, and among certain Hasidim, the women are not allowed to drive, like in Saudi Arabia, and uh, they have—they're not allowed to shop. The husbands take the, anything that has to do with being uh, out. Is they don't—they
0: don't, they don't wear hijabs, though. Huh? They don't wear hijabs. Oh, yeah.
1: Close <laughs> enough. Okay, close enough. But anyway, uh, they. Um, so, she, but, so she, they had no idea. They, this chamber where with, with these doctors were going to treat him was in San Diego, but San Diego might have been Siberia. They, they had a look on the map for it. And they, they found that there were, uh, they called around and somebody told them there was a successful Chabad in Irvine. And they called up Rabbi Tenenbaum and they brought them into their house this mother and child and eventually the a lot of the rest of the family into their house and they rounded up a bunch of us where we every two, two or three times a week we would schlep down to San Diego to take this woman and her child for these treatments. This went on for a long time, okay? And we were rotating and everything but sh- she realized that with time that she wanted to do more for this child than was you know the then you know she had so many children that why was she giving this all to this one you know uh child but uh, she was going to do whatever she could at this point and when, uh, after a year, and I, I don't know whether it was the therapy or something, you know, just things began to improve or Hashem smiled on it, but he went from six months to easily four years old. Okay. In, in that period of time, that year. Okay. He, he made tremendous progress. He looks like this. <laughs> when I saw him the first time, <laughs> and and he he was a child, maybe a younger child than his age, but he had quality of life. <laughs> and anyway, and she was going back to Monroe. I mean, you know, her chil- her other children, were coming to the Chabad school in in Westminster. And uh, you know it wasn't the same level of education that they were getting in the yeshiva etc etc cetera, et cetera. so she 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 knew it was time to go back but uh, you know she we uh, communicated via letter for a, you know for a while, and uh, from more other members of the community were more in contact with her and um and Beanie, of course, the Rebbitzin at Chabad, and uh, she uh, she said that they they left Monroe yeah. because she learned to drive mm-hmm. so she could take him to his special school, and she just realized that you know that she could no longer fit into that community. They moved to Muncie, you know, Faith? you know. And but
0: she so had to leave. I'll just I'll just to finish that on your story, and then we'll, we'll end. Uh, I'll tell you a great story actually, like this. I had a friend, and she's actually a very uh, successful person in Jewish education today in an out of town city. When we were in Lakewood, so he was in Lakewood is the yeshiva town of America, right? It's right. That's a yeshiva, there. Right. Okay. So. Um I mean, there's nothing like that in America. The level, the, the, But you know, he's in liquid, he's looking at himself, he, he wasn't doing what he wanted to be doing, and he heard of a program in Muncie actually, which he thought was great. So he went to Ramat Salman and he starts to Ramat Salasalman, and he sort of said, you know, it's Likud, blah, 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 but I think this great Muncie. starts telling him why Muncie. So Ramat Salasalman looks at him, and he says, you know, people sometimes come to me for questions, sometimes they come to me for chizik, to do what's Right. He says, You have no doubt. You're supposed to go to Muncie. You want to know that you're doing what's right? You're doing what's right? You're doing what's right. You know what you're supposed to be doing. But you know what happens? Very often, people don't have the chizik to do what's right. And sometimes, even like you said, you can be in a great spiritual place, but it's not for you. you got to have the strength of character sometimes to do what's right. And that's also mm-hmm. on basham. Okay, thank you very much. All right, I'll ask. Everyone can go. Yeah, then whoever wants to go, whoever wants to go, we go.